Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack. Joined on the other end uh, by my brother, Taylor Mack. We're going to jump into a few sports topics here at the top. Uh, we'll hit a little sports technology news and then hit a couple new platforms as well as finish up with um, funding rounds uh, to end the podcast. We'll start off with... I saw this today. We're recording this on Saturday the 13th. Um, it's been 25 years since uh, Tupac dropped Ambitions as a Rida. I, I guess the question... I always loved Tupac. When Tupac died, I was kind of young. So it was I was just getting into hip-hop, just getting into like the whole rap scene. But living in Atlanta, you know, you had the... Outcast was just really becoming who they were becoming. Uh, but I feel like in Atlanta, though, you were so influenced by like East Coast rap. So like Tupac was never my guy. But this song, especially when I got a little bit older, this song was one of those where I was like, I, I put this on before every every basketball game, every baseball game, really and through college. Um, I, I My question to you is, do you still listen to Pac on like a weekly, monthly kind of cadence? Um, monthly, most likely, but not on a weekly basis. I mean, if it comes around, it comes around. But I mean, it's not in my everyday rotation. Um, sometimes I got to be in the mood, you know, to really take it back. And then, you know, you get sick of a lot of the new school type stuff. And then you just want to you want to hear good, some good rap. Um, but no, not not every day. But I would say he's uh, in there. Is Ambitions as a writer your favorite Pac song or is it is it Hail Mary? Like what's your... What's your go-to Pac song like whenever you're in the Pac-type mood? Mm, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not going to say like California Love or anything like that, but keep it as basic as possible. You know, I just I just love California Love. That's, that's, uh, that's what I like. It's um, a very basic, very basic answer. It is. I don't know. I, I do like all eyes on me, but I, I'm not, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of whatever, whatever's really feeling or really hitting for me for the day. I, I'm not. What's, I mean, obviously you're saying ambitions of, uh, as a writer is your top Pac song. It's my, well, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's one of top like Pac's best songs, but I mean, if I'm being honest, my favorite Pac song is how do you want it? That's yeah, a great song. How do you want it? How do you feel? And Pox um, in the video, I'm, I'm kind of dancing on the on the screen right now, but Pox got this like dance in the video too. That's just like he's like super wavy with it. Um, that is, yeah, that's like one of my. That's a song too because it's got you know Casey and JoJo um, on the chorus and everything like that. Like it just it's one of those that just vibes with me all the time. Uh, kind of like Do for Love, right? Kind of the same thing where like it's maybe it's just because I'm older now. Like I love those two Pac songs probably the most outside of Ambitions of the Red. Yeah, I would probably go for me just because it's just I don't know. I always kind of put you in a good mood, but keeping your head up is probably my um, probably my top um, probably my top Pac song. Yeah, that's good it's song. just it's just the vibe and the flow of everything with it. But I mean, I don't know. It's just you. It's I look at Tupac as the way I look at Kendrick Lamar. I have to I have to be in a certain mood to listen to Kendrick. Mm -hmm. I have to be in a certain mood to listen to Pac. And it's it's that's not saying that's a negative for those two artists. It, they're more cerebral in what they're 
messaging is and and what they're saying lyric wise when you really listen to the lyrics instead of just listen to the beat and um that's just kind of me when i'm in the mood for Pac. so i i mean i don't i'm not one of those to get into the Pac or biggie type type debates or anything like that so it's just that's just me though when i listen to when i listen to Pac, i, I got it i was about to say that i think the interesting thing is with biggie i feel like i'm more so in a biggie mood more of a time because biggie is like fun right the songs are more fun like even like I got a story to tell, right? Which I think is hilarious. Um, I don't know. It's just funny that that it was Hubert Davis on the New York Knicks, right? And right. Um, it's it's one of those where yeah, I, I just feel like they're just different. I have to be in to your point. I have to be in a certain mood. That's why I like those two songs of Pac because like you know like how do you want it? It's like feels like fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's a nice nice Friday nice Friday Saturday song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably the amount of my listening for Tupac on a regular basis. I feel you. Well, shout out to that. Shout out to the 25th anniversary. It's crazy. 25th anniversary of that song coming out uh, back in 96. Uh, as Taylor said on the All Eyes on Me album. Because did you hear about the rose that grew from a crack in the concrete? Proving nature's law is wrong. Wit is, is wrong. It learned to walk without having feet. Funny it seems, but by keeping its dreams, it's learned to breathe fresh air. Long live the rose that grew from concrete when no one else cared. Hey, I'm glad you snapped for yourself. There. Since we're doing Tupac, you always have to bring his most famous poem. The rose that grew from concrete. I'm, I'm just glad you did the snaps there. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll move from Tupac to a couple sports, like big sports topics. We we wanted to to highlight if if you were stayed up late the other night watch the TNT game, uh, Giannis dropped forty seven against the Suns. The Suns eked out a one point victory, but it it came back to a thought that I've had for a long time, not just about the Bucks, but about you know potential teams that we feel are contenders within the NBA, and that is, can you be a contender when your best player can't get his own shot in the last? few minutes of a game or last possession of a game. It was interesting when they asked Devin Booker after the game, they said, what were your thoughts when Giannis, you know, was pulling up for that jump shot? He paused for a second and he was like, we're good. And to be honest, I thought the same thing. I was sitting there watching the game, you know, it's about 1230 at night or so. And Chris Middleton falls on the, on, um, kind of the curl action that they ran there, and then Giannis pops out to get open to get the ball. So the play was designed for Giannis, but then you had Chris Middleton who, again, if he hadn't tripped, I guess maybe um, – I forget who took the ball out there, but probably sees him there. But I felt the same thing. As Giannis caught it, I was like, oh, that's, that's not – he had 47, and I was like, that's not going in. And it's a tough thing, and I feel I'm going to do a whole Bucks thing, and then we can kind of walk through the NBA. I mean – the Bucks are a really good team, but they play in the style that that Bud that that Coach Bud is designed here for really for Giannis to try to get downhill. And when he doesn't get downhill, naturally it's like okay, we have shooters around him to either you you can't collapse and you can't help off, or we're just going to like shoot you out of the game, right? But it hasn't really worked that way. And what we've seen in the playoffs is teams are just like. We're going to build a wall super quick on Giannis in the, in the fast and secondary breaks. 
And then once that happens, when we can slow the game and muddy it up a little bit, we're just going to play Giannis one-on-one. If he's hitting jumpers and hitting floaters, all good. But we're just going to put a defender in front and say, you know, do your best. And I think that's where I'm at with them is they just – to me, they still feel like they are – and I know they went out and get Drew Holiday. Uh, DiVincenzo's playing better. They got Brent Forbes who can flat-out shoot it. Like they've got guys, but – Again, when your best player to me in those final seconds can't go get you that bucket, right? You can't design a play for him to get the ball to the top of the key and he just goes. I, I'm I'm continuously worried about where the Bucks are and where they fall as far as contenders for the year. Yeah, I think that speaks to a larger conversation of you know the fact of organizations um building around one-dimensional superstars. And you had that in James Harden in Houston. Um, I mean, right now you have that Giannis with the Bucks, and I wouldn't say that they, they fully built around him, but he was the focal point of their offense. And that's Ben Simmons or the focal point of their team, Ben Simmons and the Sixers. Um, obviously he has, he has a tandem with, with Joel Embiid. Who's, um, who's probably the second MVP right now. Yeah. Opinion. And then, I mean, you take it back a few years when he was more in his prime and you have Blake Griffin when he was with the Clippers and you see what organizations are doing. And I, I think we've reached a point in the conversation uh, in GMs not being able to have that power to say, and this is why I, I get the commentator that uh, I don't I can't remember his name, but that said it was no disrespect for, to any both of the players, but of just the situations of being the role player to a, another superstar. And that was calling Giannis a Pippin, which isn't a bad thing. And so and everybody kind of spun that as a disrespectful thing. But when you really look at the combo of what Pippin did in compliments to Michael Jordan, it made an elevated Pippen's game at the same time as elevating Jordan's game. And it was just complimentary basketball, but you knew where that shot was going at the end of the game. And so when you have a player who like Giannis is still developing, he's a humble player um, and hard worker. So he's trying to get his game together, but I mean, he's a seven footer. You're not expecting him to, to be there to make that elbow shot elbow extended or that three pointer to win you the game. You need somebody else to do that. You need Giannis to dominate the game. And, and then if you have the play set up to where he can get the ball in the area to that's his comfort zone or his automatic zone, then that's the perfect play. But if then if you have somebody that compliments him or rides, maybe you call him the Jordan, but he needs a Pippen. And so but they have that though. They have I think Middleton, that's the Middleton's been playing well, but if you're not going to design the if you're not going to design the play for it to go through Middleton, then there's no point. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have to acknowledge from let's say from the coaching standpoint and from the GM standpoint that um, either he is going to be that superstar. You can you can try and force they're trying to force it. He's not there to make those type of shots to make those to make that shot. Oh, I was like, he, no, he's no, he's there to, he's as a superstar. MVP. He's a superstar, but to make that type of shot. Um, you have to divvy out and, and share the responsibility within the team in the play calling instead of just trying to, you know, fully rely on somebody who's a little bit handicapped in that area right now, even though he is developing and working on his game. He's so young. Uh, but then you look at like what James Harden did and then how they tried to surround him with more complimentary players of the like of that D'Antoni free running offense of just jacking up threes. And you saw what happens when somebody doesn't play defense and and the ball has to go through some, a ball dominant guard like him and. It, it leads to not winning championships. You go out to the Clippers and then what the Clippers tried to organize under Doc and you had Blake during his best years. But at the same time, at the same sense, you're like, all right, he's a great player, athletic and can, you know, get you that bucket. But down the stretch, um, there's just shortcomings within the game that doesn't allow 
for us to get over that hump because there's certain things within organizations that they have to acknowledge. And it doesn't help that social media pushes out, oh, well, why didn't Blake get the ball at the end of the game? You know, if Giannis didn't get the ball, you're going to have social media come down on Bud. Like, why didn't why didn't Giannis touch the ball? You have the superstar. You have the reigning two-time MVP. Why wouldn't you give him the ball? And so I think social media plays into a lot of the social well, the social pressure that comes into these GMs where before you didn't have to hear those outside words. But now um, it's so hyper-focused on every little thing that it can't make the clear decision for a lot of these GMs to just understand and say, all right, we have this amazing player. But at the same time, we need to focus our offense and work our offense in a way that's more team collaborated so that when we have these situations at the end of the game, we don't you know, come up short. And also, um, and I'll, I'll spit it back to you, is, you know, taking reaches on a lot of project players. And, you know, Ben Simmons has been dominant. And I'm not trying to disrespect this game, but if you have the same shot chart as Dikembe Mutombo and they're trying to hail you as a superstar, as a point guard, I don't think that, you know, it's conducive for winning a championship. And right now, I mean, Doc has, uh, you know, pumped in fresh blood into their offense and, and their team and what they're trying to do. But at the end of it, that's just what I, that's what I think. That's what I see. And I, and I think it's uh, um, bringing up a lot of short uh, shortfalls for, for these teams out here, whether regardless of sport. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we can, we can, let's, let's run down the, the top five teams of both uh, conferences here, right? Let's start with the 76ers. Like you just said, I think you kind of hit it there. You know, Ben Simmons was kind of touting or tooting his own horn about, how good he is defensively, which he is. He is a dominant defensive player. I'm still scared, to your point, when they get into a playoff series, how does he figure out how to go get his 15 to 17 points? But what they've done, and this is a credit to Doc, right, is they've got a a really good shooter in Seth Curry now, right? And they've also got Danny Green, who's played you know a little bit better than he did on the on the Lakers last year. And Embiid is on the block now, right? And he is flat out dominating. So if you look at the Eastern Conference, the 76ers are the are the top team at the moment. Do they have a guy that can go get you a bucket at the end of the game? Yeah, they do. They've got Joel Embiid, who you can give him the ball on the block. You can give it to him, you know, uh it's essentially kind of off the free throw line extended there and let him go to work. Uh, and and you feel good about the shot that you're going to get. Uh, I also like putting the ball in Ben Simmons' hands, to your point, because he, his ability to see the floor and get downhill is so special. The only question is that the defense just plays him true. There's no help. You know, do you trust him to make the make a shot? If I to be honest, if he gets to his right hand, like he's really good with his right hand around the basket. I I, I actually would trust that. So it's like you almost have one A. And mm-hmm. kind of like a lower tier kind of be there for the Sixers to go get you something. The Bucks are the next team, right, at 16 and 10 right now. And we just talked about it. They have a lot of deficiencies late late in games. Now, if you go to Chris Middleton, though, to your point, Taylor, I mean, I feel much better about the shot selection. I mean, Chris Middleton's um, post game, his mid-range game is great. His footwork, very similar to like KD and Carmelo, his ability to like jab step you um, – kind of get give you that like inside pivot move uh but if you're gonna go to Giannis I don't I don't trust you and that's a tough thing for the Bucks for them to figure out this year because it feels like with them going to get your holiday they've got to get to the conference championship this year the right. Nets are the next team <sighs> just fast forward we already I mean it's there's no breakdown you can give about the Nets because anybody can really get it and Harden, I think he's dropping a lot of shade about about Houston saying, you know, that he had to, which 
I, I doesn't sit right with me with him, his comments of, you know, he had to carry the load of scoring. And it's like, yeah, because you didn't pass the ball. Like, also, you was, wanted his, that. Like, yeah, right. he wanted. I want to drive. I've, I've like I struggled drop 50. with this whole Houston thing with him, right? Yeah. Because, like, on one side, you got traded in the middle of the night. You go to Houston, you become this superstar. You know, the first you're there with Dwight, with Dwight Howard. Then, you know, Maury's like, all right, like, you're a dude. Let me go get you some help because the Warriors are doing something we've never seen before and we've got to challenge them. Right. So they go get some defense, they get Click Capella, they get PJ Tucker, and then they're like, all right, let's bring in Chris Paul. And they do he everything struggled yeah. with Chris Paul, right? He yeah. struggled having to give up some. He wants the ball at the top of the key and to dance and do his thing. And then to your point, Taylor, to now kind of throw the shade back at Houston, like, oh, well, like I had to carry the load. Yeah, man, because everybody watched you dance with the ball. For, and he still does it on the nets. Like yeah. the other day, uh, I think I forget who they're playing. Oh, no, they're they're playing the Hawks. And Dominique Wilkins on, I was listening to the Hawks broadcast, and Harden had the ball for 14 seconds. And then he threw a bad pass to, to Joe Harris, and Joe Harris like fumbled it and went out of bounds. And Dominique, and, and of course Harden's like doing something, doing some motion at Joe Harris. And Dominique Wilkins was like, you dribbled the ball for 14 seconds. Yeah. Like it's, that's on you. He's bad. He's bad basketball, but he's the greatest bad basketball that I think will come to the league. Oh, it's unbelievable. His a bit. Yeah. I mean, his, but, that's the other thing. But, his offensive game is just unbelievable. Yeah. Let's just skip the nets. Cause I mean, yeah. they have three guys that you can flat out close with. Yeah. It's just, can they rebound and defend? Yeah. Um, the Celtics are in a great place. I think, I think the scary thing, and I hate to say it is, Michael Jordan made the best decision for the Hornets by not re-signing Kimba. They had to know something more was going on with his knee, and it seems like that is starting to really come to fruition now as he is continually hurt, doesn't have the same like step-back move, doesn't have the same lift right now, um, which, which stinks. I'm a huge Kimba fan. Obviously, you went to UConn. Um, but they've got two other dudes. Jalen Brown has taken an absolute step. He his his ability to handle and get to where he wants to go is unbelievable. And then Jason Tatum, just a guy. Yeah, no, they have a they have a, a really good supporting cast uh, to go along with Tatum and uh, Brown. I think the end, end of the day with them is just they have to um, get a big man. That's it. But no, yeah, they're, they're I don't include them as a team that, you know, has a superstar or or a player that lacks in an area like uh, uh, as you, you know, like. Obviously, the Sixers and the Nets have. What about on yeah. the West side? Let's go to the West yeah. on the Western Conference. The last team, uh, like I said, just do the top five teams on both sides here. The Pacers. I mean, it's tough because Karis LeVert's obviously kind of dealing with what he's dealing with at the moment. Um, but I still like that team. They play extremely well together. I'm not, still not a huge fan of like what Miles Turner brings you offensively. But Sabonis is so good. Malcolm Brogdon's able to play off of that. Um, the two holiday brothers, like they play really well. Jeremy Lamb, when he's been healthy, has been really good as well uh, in the starting lineup and also kind of coming off the bench as a six man. So, but they don't, I don't know if you would say they have a closer, right? For somebody you're just going to drop a play for, but Sabonis is probably their best option of like what he gives you and how he's able to just see the floor. Yeah. Um, and I think it works for them. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Uh, let's hit the Western Conference real quick and just kind of the same thing, right? The Jazz, yeah, they have a guy that can close you out in Donovan Mitchell. I don't. I feel like I shouldn't even have to talk about the Lakers. What LeBron did last night was unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he just 
He, it's crazy in year 18, and I'm talking about him against the Grizzlies last night. They're down. They, it looked like they weren't even like trying in the first half, and then he turns it on. It's just it, – it's crazy. Um, honestly, Paul George is playing at like his MVP type you know, level that he was at the Thunder a couple years ago early on in the season. Don't let him hear Obviously, me. he's dealing with a little injury, but Kawhi is absolutely carrying them right now. And mm-hmm. it, I think, you know, it, it's tough. Nothing against Doc, right? I, I think, one, I think Doc's time just in L.A. was up. But Ty Lewis has helped kind of change a little bit of what they've done. Uh, bringing in Batum, Kennard has also kind of helped out there. Suns, do they have a closer? Yes. Devin Booker and Chris Paul can absolutely close the game out. The same thing with, with the Blazers, right? If C.J. McCollum can get back, you saw he was taking more threes this year. But then, obviously, Dame time. So, it's tough. It feels like out of the top – five teams on each side, the biggest question is the Milwaukee Bucks in closing minutes. Yep. I agree with that. What, uh, what do you, th- so Steph and the Warriors play KD and the Nets tonight. I don't know if KD is playing because of the whole COVID protocols. I hope he does. I know they're going to do a oh, tribute video. Is he playing? He's going to play. I don't, um, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a, I know that officially, but I'm just going to say he's going to play. Have you been watching Steph lately? And why? I guess my question Steph is playing in some sports MVP. tech stuff is Steph's playing at MVP level. But why do people? Why do people the, question Steph? Why do people question his greatness? Because you can. You're just you're a fan. You're a Golden State fan. So I'm not a Golden State fan. You don't like anybody talking down about Steph with any bad words. So if anything comes out. It's just no one's actually saying anything bad about it. The only people that are saying bad about Steph are uh, like Twitter people. But it's not like official Twitter people. It's just people on Twitter. But that's what people do on Twitter. No, At but you've – I mean, you early in the season, people were like, oh, well, that the whole gravity stuff isn't working. And now, like, Steph gets to see how LeBron, you know, had it for so long and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it was like three games. And then all of a sudden, Steph was like, all right, we're going to go that route. And Steph has literally put this entire team on. No one expected them to continue to hover around seven and eight and then be at like five at one point uh, for the fifth seat. Yeah. And like, and so like they're consistently hovering right right in, uh, where they need to be. And, and it helps that you have the struggles with the Dallas Mavericks at the moment. And they haven't clicked. But he's doing something right now. Uh, where I see at the end of the year him getting snubbed for MVP because he he is putting up an MVP season. No, it's I mean, it's LeBron's MVP right now. Let's be it's Le- LeBron's going to win the MVP, like, and he should. Well, the twenty six should the twenty six at the moment, and um, yeah, what he is doing uh, in this year is it's a, something to behold, and you have to be like you know you're happy to be able to watch LeBron be LeBron. I just, you get annoyed with the flop that happened last night yeah. <laughs> with that's I mean, but that's a call that a super, that a, uh, a superstar in the league is going to get MVP in the league's going to get. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, you know, he, he's done it less and less, but he's, it's still embodied in, in, in his DNA a little bit. That's something that he took from Harden that I, I wish that he didn't. Yeah. The flopping is, but it's one of those two, like, if you don't flop sometimes and you don't get the call and yeah, it was, that was egregious last night where he's in between Dylan Brooks and Grayson Allen, the ball comes to Grayson Allen and LeBron just like throws his arms up in the air and falls down. Yeah. Um, got, but the yeah. Call, got the call on Brooks. Listen, the, the Steph slander. I, I, I actually can't wait to watch tonight because you know, when the Nets and Warriors played early in the season, the Warriors just weren't ready. Andrew Wiggins looked like a deer in headlights for like his first, real big time game in a while. And it just, 
KD came out and was cooking. Kyrie was cooking. But now you got all three of them. So it should be uh, it should be fun to watch. Uh, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll jump back into Sports Tech Stories. The first Sports Tech Story we have for you this week, um, really I, I'll say story, like kind of journal notes here, is Lead Sports. Um, they are located out of uh, Lake Nona, which I believe everyone's kind of saying is like the new Silicon Valley uh, over there in Europe. Uh, they have announced their inaugural cohort that has selected their six startups. They received 442 applications, and their scouting team spent 800 hours speaking to various founders. Uh, all six companies were founded by current and former athletes. I'll name the six here. Uh, Flex Swim, Age Rate, Tursa, Break the Love, Nestor Performance, and Kinotech. hope I said that right. Um so shout out to all of them. Shout out to Lead Sports. Uh, I believe Michael Red's like part of their investor group. Um, they've been in the sports technology space for some time, and now, um, uh, like like I just said, they're starting their first cohort here. So I believe actually they're going to start opening up applications for their next one. Um, and but good luck to the six companies that they um, have selected, and can't wait to see kind of the growth of these companies and, and where they go from here. The next part, as far as news goes, is um, A Rod and Cap both filed for special purpose acquisition companies uh, earlier this week. Uh, Cap filed for $250 million and A Rod filed for $500 million. So uh, Cap's back um, is going to raise the $250 uh, to acquire a company that is in the ESG, so in the environment, social, and governance space. Um, and then A-Rod is going after um, really any businesses that are in the sports media and sports media, entertainment, health, wellness, and consumer technology sectors. Uh, there was a phrase that they do not intend to target professional sports franchises in the filing to the SEC. So uh, I guess sports fans can kind of breathe a sigh of relief if you do not want A-Rod to be uh, the president our uh, owner of your team out there. Obviously he went uh, after the Mets before Steve Cohen uh, kind of outbid him a little bit. So, um, but shout out to them. That's super cool. Uh, there's more of these starting to pop up. Um, I, we saw uh, Theo Epstein um, as well, kind of <clears throat> involved in the SPAC as well, uh, I, I guess a couple weeks ago. So these are starting to pop up more and more here as these filings are coming through. And obviously people seeing uh, the relevance that is some of these, especially like with A-Rod to what going after, right, is a lot of the sports, media, entertainment, and health um, companies that are out there. So we'll get into this first um, this first platform here. So it's called Mojo. And we're not talking about Friday Night Lights. Um, it's a new youth sports app um, that is aimed at giving access to the best coaching out there. So um, I saw this this stat is actually from kind of the article that I pulled. But 80% of coaches for boys and girls between the ages of 4 and 13 are volunteer parents of whom three quarters lack formal training. So um, what Mojo – is is designed to do and it's a, a subscription app to coach the coaches not just on tactics and techniques but also on the softer skills needed to lead a youth sports team taylor what'd you think about this one uh i think it's a great it's a great app um mojo mojo's raised eight million in a series a uh round last year with investments from you know 
uh, Russell Wilson, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, as well as U.S. Women National Team alumnus uh, Julie Fody, Fody and Brandy Fody. Fody, sorry, and Brandy Chastain. And um, their belief in the system is how I believe in the system as well, because, you know, for one, um, having that extra expertise come in and help coach these, you know, coaches that are trying to either spark the the curiosity of, of young kids and hopefully, hopefully that'll send them on a path of growth and, and um, exploration of, you know, different sports and trying to be the best that they can at it. But, you know, you never want to start these kids off, you know, with bad technique and, and parents, I know that they try to do their best in doing research and, and doing what they can to provide for the, the teams that they're coaching. Um, and they probably feel bad too, if they're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I guess I was teaching these kids the wrong way as they get older and they you know, they, they see that they've been corrected and stuff that they taught them wrong. So now you have the ability to get, you know, expertise in uh, different, different sports, baseball, soccer, basketball, and flag football, um, and develop these kids the way that they should be developed uh, through these parent coaches. So I, I really like the idea. And then on top of that, I think from a partnership standpoint, there's things you can work out with. There's a lot of underpaid coaches that are out there and then providing time going through the app, you know, underpaid coaches from like college perspective. And so now you're getting that college level type of expertise to these uh, coaches that are teaching, you know, four through four, 13 year olds, or, you know, fifth for 15, whatever. But I think there's a lot of opportunities from the Mojo side and as well that you're going to get from the patron side from the parents and players. What do you think? Yeah, it's, I, I think you hit that kind of perfectly there. It's so interesting. Um, one, just, I mean, if I, I had to kind of, when I saw the story, it, it really resonated, right? Because I thought back to when I was a younger player and I was like, yeah, I mean, I didn't have real coaches. I had parents coaching me. Right. And that's normal as little league and all that type of stuff. Um, and you got to think those parents are just taking the same things that they thought of and are, were taught in like middle school and high school, you know, 15, 20, whatever, however many years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of, it's just the same cycle over and over and over where you're not really making sure that these kids and that that's at the, the, the biggest time, right. When you're so young, making sure that you're teaching kids the right way to do, I'll, I'll use baseball for myself, for example, right. Making sure kids understand like the proper way for you to like throw a baseball and catch. So you don't like, you know, essentially grow up and start like hurting yourself because your motion is incorrect. Or right. I, the big thing when I was growing up was like, parents would be there like, now, now get your elbow high and, uh, and squish the bug. Like, yeah. What? No, 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 not, that's, that's not what we're doing. Um, Make sure to get your head into man. that tackle. Get your head in the tackle. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly. Right? We used to bang hands all the time back in 76. You think we care about that? We used to bang them all the time. Get in there, make the tackle. And then now they would get real advice and real structure. And they'd be like, coach, you can't. No, you need to make sure these kids' heads stay out of the tackle. I, I'm being facetious on that one. I believe all coaches nowadays know to not have head in tackle uh, and, you know, don't celebrate those type of hits. But, right. yeah. it's. I, I, think remember it's th- I forget that. Remember that one show where it was like the little football players and the kids were like leading with their heads? Uh, it could be, yeah, like the, 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 the two leagues, whatever, sports football leagues out of uh, – youth leagues out of Florida, I think. Yeah. And it's having these kids banging, but that's where you need, like you have, say if you could, you're able to upload tape and they can watch your practices and be like, coach, like you have a, a college coach or maybe NFL assistant or analyst and be like, what are you guys doing? Like, that's, that's terrible technique. That's not 
going to help these kids later in life. You're, you are, they might be able to, because kids necks and stuff like that are very flexible when you're younger, but that's going to set them up for chronic pain um, as they get older and just constant problems. So yeah, I, I would like everything that Mojo is about. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So shout out to them. Like Taylor said there, um, <clears throat> I believe they've uh, acquired $8 million of funding uh, since last year. Uh, so continue to look out for them as they uh, kind of continue their development. And obviously uh, if you are in the need for the subscription app, definitely download it and see what it's about. Um, the next one we have is light lace technology. And I, I, something about this like stuck out. I, I didn't know if I wanted to do it or if I should. Um, but essentially uh, uh, light lace technology is, the ability for light to be transmitted through your shirt, through your clothing, as you stretch them, push them, or change the intensity of the output. Uh, so this is perfect for football. They actually earned fifty thousand um, dollars by winning the NFL's first and future competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting to me too because I think football is kind of the perfect perfect place for this right to be able to show kind of where the output is happening like if you're maybe injured and and your your arm is like i don't know if you're like an offensive lineman or something like that i just i found this really the technology around it right incredibly interesting um especially as we're trying to monitor the health and wellness of athletes more and more yeah, uh, I mean, they're a startup company. Rob Shepard is the creator of the technology and um, who helped the from the apparel side is uh, Lydia, Lydia uh, sorry, Lydia, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I'm butchering the name, um, Sam McGill. And Iliadi, Iliadi, uh, Sam McGill. There we go. Uh, apologies. But uh, what... To kind of give a picture of it, imagine if you had the Iron Man light on the middle of your chest, but it said it's going at the top of your back. And then from that, you have, you know, uh, skinny air or skinny, skinny laser lights that then branch off of it, kind of like a spider, a spider web, if you want to look at it that way, or a spider's legs. And then that tracks your your muscle movement. And it's supposed to be able to, to tell um, with the way that the light is hitting the garment um, when you overwork yourself. Because as they say, by examining the behavior of the light, they can measure the muscle activity, motion, and respiration. Uh, and the tech, it, it is a removable electronic hub that can be switched to other garments with light lace sensors and can also be moved to different areas of the body. So right now it's for the upper body and they're working on leggings. Um, you know, it's, it's being outfitted to work with NFL helmets so that you can monitor when there's, you know, overstress, I guess, that goes when in towards the neck area uh, and just on the physical head. So um, I, I think it's a good idea. I, I kind of want to see this worked out live because I kind of don't understand how the light and the fabric fully illuminates areas in saying that it's overworked. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they said they we've worked on the technology. I, I, I'd like to believe people when they say they work on the technology as hard as they have. And at the same time, um, they did get – $750,000 for their winning pitches in the program's first five years. So um, innovators and data scientists have, they've been, they've been awarded uh, $750,000. So I think it's pretty cool. This is a part of the organic robotics corporation of Ithaca. And uh, this is their light lace sensor that's going into sports. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I know they're trying to work on um, like the, you know, health professionals that would be like working with the team to be able to like receive a text alert um, to know when a certain muscle group or tendon is being overworked. Obviously, to Taylor's point there, the shirt would be lighting up as well. Uh, so that would be telling you to like stop the exercising or training session and making sure that, you know, just really understanding kind of like the data around the exertion that you're, uh, that you're outputting. So, um, incredibly interesting. I mean, they're planning to make leggings, shoes, gloves, and other clothing in the future, hopefully being able to provide individual based data, uh, with all of these, uh, with all this, these clothing options. So shout out to them again. I thought this was super cool. It's kind of that new kind of that new that new wave right uh of kind of what's coming here and hopefully this will be able to help help i guess the future athletes be able to identify uh you know injuries and risk uh, a little bit quicker all right so the first funding round we have here is oxfit uh they've announced a close to their actually oversubscribed uh series a round it was led by lydia partners i don't have a figure here um but a couple other prominent figures that were in the round are the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, and the orthopedic surgeon, James Andrews, who, again, I feel like does everyone's uh, surgery if you're an athlete. So um, what Oxford does is they offer an integrated fitness ecosystem, bringing advanced robotics and artificial intelligence to the world of strength training, uh, combining proprietary hardware with smart and targeted content. Data-driven workout programs will unlock new possibilities for both elite athletes and fitness enthusiasts. So again, shout out to them for closing their Series A round. The second funding round that we have for you this week is from FanUp. Um, FanUp is the best way to enjoy fancy sports with friends and rival fans. So they announced a completion of a million-dollar seed round. Uh, The investment round was initially led by Alumni Ventures Group, Nassau Street Ventures, Ozone Ventures, and Value Asset Management and Reno Seed Fund. Um, So shout out to them. Uh, That kind of rounds out. Not a a ton of funding rounds here this week, but um, I actually saw a couple things that were happening within uh, Sports Tech over the week so i'm sure there will be some more for next week so we appreciate it appreciate y'all listening you can find me at steamac instagram and twitter and taylor mac over there taylor mac 29 on instagram and twitter as well so we appreciate you thank you continue to subscribe rate and listen and we'll see you on the next episode of sports ticket lane and see you